0: amen well i'll tell you what take your bibles now and as we're studying the old testament there are old testament pictures that oftentimes correlate listen with new testament principles some of the old testament stories are downright weird amen because they correlate principles in the new testament that we need to apply to our life, and they're better seen as pictures. We learn from pictures, and we see an Old Testament story, we're like, that's a weird story right there. Keep reading, no commentary, no questions, next chapter. Matter of fact, when I was leaving the school, I went to pick up my kids on Thursday, and a family was coming out with their son, and they'd just driven in from Lincoln City to grab their son, and our paths crossed, and windows came down. I said, how you guys doing? And they first apologized. We haven't been to church in a couple weeks, you know, the drive. And I said, it's fine. And then the husband was driving. He said, hey, are you going to skip chapter five? And I knew what he was talking about. I was like, oh, no, man, we're not skipping it. We're diving in. Because it's all about circumcision. <laughs> and he, saw, you know, he said, maybe we should just skip chapter five. You know what I'm saying? And there's Old Testament things like circumcision that come up. And I like, okay, do we need a whole chapter dedicated to this? You know, what are we going to talk about? So I went ahead and I looked up a bunch of circumcision jokes to kind of prime the pump. And so, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't look any such thing up. but I thought about it. I thought about it but I believe that the Lord uses the illustration, the picture of circumcision, which which is an outward sign of an inward reality. It's an outward sign, It's it's a cutting away of the flesh, essentially, in order to be sensitive to the Lord, in order to be marked by the Lord, in order to be reproductive for the Lord in order to be more holy and clean with the Lord. All of these things we're gonna extract from this text as we see God. Listen, this is the kind of context. They just crossed the Jordan River, like, all right, we got the land. Let's go take it. He says, not so fast. Not so fast. Before we go further, we have to go a little deeper. I wanna go further right now. Anybody wanna go further right now? I wanna go further right now. And the Lord says, settle down. Maybe you should sit down for this one, Luke, you know. We will go further, but we need to go deeper. But before we get there, guys, I just want you to be encouraged that the Lord is using his church. He does this in the Old and New Testament to be a city on a hill. The light of the world. This is what Jesus taught us. And Jesus is showing his glory. Jesus is advancing his cause. Jesus is flexing his muscles. I think today's the 20th, which means yesterday was the 19th. And yesterday was Psalm 19, one of my favorite Psalms. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utter speech and night unto night reveals knowledge. And there is no language where their voice is not heard. God loves for every single person in the world to know that he is real. Jesus is real. We wear shirts that say this. God uses his creation. He uses his word. Have you read his word and had it blow your mind, soften your heart, and change your life? Everyone please say amen. I've had that happen. He uses his body. He uses the men and women around us. He uses his spirit. He uses so many things. He uses the fact that Jesus did die, did rise, did ascend. Historically and factually, we know this. But one of the things that I think is most profound for me is that God chooses to use us as a witness for the people around him, that indeed he is real. Look at verse twenty-four, actually of the last chapter. This is where we ended. They just crossed over. Let's go ahead and conclude, and then set up for verse one of chapter five. It says that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord that it is mighty, and that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Stop right there, eyes up here. God says, the reason I crossed you over the Jordan, dried it up as such, led you, fed you, protected you, is so every single person in the world that knows you, sees you, and walks with you would know that there is indeed a real God. He's given his word. He's given his spirit. He's given his son. He's given his creation. But he's also given the world you. You're a light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. We're up with the excavators doing stuff up on the hill, right outside a tsunami zone, just seeing it develop. I wish I knew the future. Does anyone know the future? If you do, let's schedule an appointment on Monday and talk about it. I don't know. And people have been asking me as our design team, Capri Architecture, they're at home right now. They'll be at the 11 a.m. service. And they just recently sent us uh, design number 13. We're on des- building design number 13 because we have to design a new building every time we find a new lot, you know. And so we are going back and forth. I said, we can't settle on 13. Let's change it again. We got to go to 14. So, so they're changing it again. And as we're up on that, I don't know the future. And I wish I did. But I do know this, no matter where I go, God wants to use me. He wants to use us in the lives of other people. Now, let's look at the response in verse 1 of chapter 5. I want you to connect this together. So it was, there's no chapter breaks in the original letter that Joshua wrote. They added that for our learning so we can study and find places in the scriptures. But imagine this, this is why they cross over. Look at verse 1. So it was when all the kings of the Amorites who were on the west side of the Jordan... And all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea, they heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan from, from before the children of Israel until we had crossed over, that their hearts melted, and there was no spirit in them any longer because of the children of Israel. Interesting reaction to the things of the Lord and what God is doing. Not everyone is a fan of the Lord, amen? Amen. Some people are foes. Some people are resistors and haters. As a matter of fact, there's some people sitting here this morning that were foes and haters at one point until the Lord softened your heart and wooed you to his side. But here we see that the Lord dried up the waters of the Jordan and they crossed over and all these kings are watching going, Oh, no! And their spirits left them. This is a witness. Now, we don't necessarily have enemies Like they did. These enemies had spears and swords and were going to kill them. We don't have enemies. We do have opposers, though. We have people along in our families, in our community that don't love Jesus. They don't love the church. They don't love you. And yet God has still chosen to use you. Listen, and the advancements he has, the challenges you walk through, the miracles he provides, he says, I'm going to use all of that to display that I am indeed real through your life. And every once in a while, you're going to have to go through a Jordan River. It's going to be difficult. It's not always going to be easy. There's going to be tests and there's going to be challenges because God wants to reach people through your story. Isn't that good news? for some, Isn't that awesome? God wants to. Cause sometimes I just want the fast track. I want the easy track. And God says, boring. I want to use you. And so you find yourself in a Jordan crossing need. And then we let the Lord do Miracles. I love this church, it's so fun for me just to see people here gathered, and as a matter of fact, I won't, I won't point, point in the direction over there, but anyways, uh, there was there a couple on my heart last night, I was thinking about them as I was praying, and the Lord gave me a vision of them here at church, and it's been a couple of years since they've been here through health issues, and they're here this morning, and to me it's an amen, amen, and it's a testimony not only of God's power, and God's faithfulness, but God's sensitivity that he would put them on my heart last night, and here they are. And God wants to use our lives, every single one of us. Have you driven up and down 101 or I-5 or Highway 20? And have you seen the billboards with Carlos Villarreal and Jen Metcalf on them? Have you seen this? Now, if you know Carlos Villarreal and Jen Metcalf, you know they shouldn't be on a billboard. Maybe a milk carton, you know? Maybe at the post office. Like, you you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just saying, like, I got a point. They shouldn't be on billboards, but they're on billboards right out here. Carlos Villarreal and Jen Metcalf. They go to church here because their lives have been radically changed by Jesus Christ. And they've been delivered and saved and restored and they're being used now, put on display. It's crazy. All over Oregon, you can see their pictures. And God wants to use our lives. And so the kings, the Amorites, the Canaanites, they saw the children of Israel. They're like, oh man, essentially, Jesus is real. Joshua, Joshua Joshua's real. They're seeing this happen. And as the school formulates on the other side of town and as the land and as your life is stabilized and is rebuilt, God wants to do things. Now here's the interesting caveat. And I'm gonna say this. Don't run too far with this. Just own it. Paul would phrase this reality this way. He said that he wanted his life to be lived in such a way in the freedom that he found in Christ to cause his brethren, the Jews, to be jealous of him in order that they might get saved. He was a Jew for so long and he was a legalist And he was a Pharisee and he was part of the Sanhedrin Then he got saved And he got set free and liberated and restored And he knew that Jesus is real And Jesus saves and so he said You know what I want? I want everybody to have this I want everyone to know that Jesus is real And have so much fun like I'm having So I'm going to make sure that people are jelly of my life Now that can be taken out of control can't it? That can be taken too far And envy and jealousy and all that weird stuff Paul says what I really want Paul would go on in the book of Romans to say, you know what, you know what, I love my brothers so much. He said something crazy, something I could never say. He said, if I could go to hell for their salvation, I would, if it worked that way. I'd be accursed if my brethren could be saved. Whoa. I mean, he loved people so much. And so God wants to bless you so that others can say, maybe even in their flesh, I want a blessing. I want that peace, freedom, forgiveness, liberation that you're walking in. Big question, do you have peace? Freedom, forgiveness, and liberation you're walking in? Do people look at you and say, I want what you have? Do people look to you and do you have the fragrance of Christ in you? Are you living that life? Now, none of us are perfectly. We all have those days where we wonder if we're even saved. And we wonder, am am I really emulating the joy of the Lord? If you know the New Testament, the book of Acts, Paul actually demonstrates this in the book of Acts chapter 18. He goes to a Jewish synagogue and he's there hanging out. Eventually they kick him out and they say, get out of here, we don't like you. And he says, all right, I'm out of here. And he walks out the synagogue door and he goes right next door and he starts a church, savage move. (laughs) Freaks me out, man. He goes right next door. He's like, whatever, dog, I'm gonna go over here. And he starts this Calvary Chapel church, starts teaching the Bible and turns the music up a little bit and people start showing up. And after a while, he gets taken a court. And he gets taken to court because all this is going on. And in Acts chapter 18, Jesus shows up in the middle of the night and says, Hey, Paul, you're doing so good. This is so rad. Don't be afraid of anybody in this town. Because you you should be afraid in your flesh. But don't be afraid of them. I have many people here in Corinth I want to save. Keep doing what you're doing. No one's going to hurt you. The next day he gets arrested. And they take him to court. You guys know the story. The magistrate, the Roman guy's like, what? I don't want to deal with this. It's your problem, not my problem. Get out of here. And a long story short, the guy that took him to court, listen, his name's Sosthenes. Everyone say Sosthenes. All right, good job. Sosthenes. And Sosthenes is the guy that's trying to sue him. He's a Jew. He hates Christians. And long story short, we don't know what happens to Sosthenes, except in Acts chapter 18, they beat him up. He gets, he gets beat up. And that's all we see of him. Cool story. It's actually a cool story when you read 1 Corinthians. You know why? Paul writes the church at Corinth. He says, hey guys, remember when I was there? That was awesome. But he starts out the letter to the Corinth this way. He says, brothers, the apostle Paul and your brother Sosthenes greet you. We don't know the story, but evidently, Sosthenes gets saved somehow Sosthenes finds out that Jesus is real That God is on the move He tastes and sees that the Lord is good And he puts his trust in him And guys what God wants to do through the children of Israel here What God wants to do through South Beach Church What God wants to do with you right now Even though there might be haters in your life And there might be opposition And there might be things coming against you Stay the course Don't give up Keep going, let the Lord do a work in you, which is the greater work. God will do a work through you in his time, and the sosthenes around you will get saved. God's using you to demonstrate. Now, here in verse one, again, we see that these guys in these gals on the west side, they lost their spirit. They were now afraid of what was going to happen because not everybody wants God to save them. Check it out, though. Wouldn't you think... In this very moment, that coming across the Jordan, now the enemies are confused. Oh man, what do we do? Now's the time to grab your swords out and charge the hill. Everyone say amen. Now's the time. Your enemy's down. Let's go. Grab your swords, charge the hill. That's not what's going to happen. They're not going to grab their swords and charge the hill. They're going to make flintstones out of rocks and make a foreskin hill. Please don't not laugh. Because I'm up here. I just said that word from the pulpit. It's going to be in here. Okay, let's read it. It says it right here. Verse 2. At that time. What time? The time where they should advance. But they don't. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives for yourselves and circumcise the sons of Israel again the second time. Verse 3, I love it. So Joshua made flint knives for himself and circumcised the sons of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. Now look at verse 4 because how many of you guys have questions right now? A few questions. (laughs) Got some questions. Verse 4. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. Stop right there, eyes I think it's so cool. He now gives to us verses four, five, six, seven, and eight, and explaining what's going on. Because most of these guys probably are like, so what are we doing, boss? <laughs> you know, like, you want me to go first or last? What do you need? You know, I'm a volunteer and we have questions. But I'm so grateful that the principles of the Old Testament can be applied to our lives in the New Testament. And I've already said it once, but listen, before you can go further, you oftentimes must go deeper first. It would make sense to charge the hill. Let's do it. Let's take over. Let's take out these enemies. The Lord says, hey, that'll happen. It will happen. Right now, though, we got to deal with your flesh. Let's deal with your character. Let's deal with you first because I'm going to give you the land. I already promised it to you. I'm going to do great things for you. These promises are unnegotiable. They're yes and amen in Jesus But right now, the process that God wants his kids to walk through is a process of maturation, maturity, humility, growth, depth, and the fruit of the Holy Spirit coming out. This season in their life, and maybe in your life too, would be the season that we're going to call character building. Character is something that's hidden inside. It's evidenced outside, but it's really inside. It's been said before that character is who you are when no one's around. And I can't speak for you, but how many of you guys are glad you're not who you used to be before you met Jesus, okay? How many of you guys, though, are willing to admit you're not the person you want to be, okay? Most more. I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm glad, and hopefully you guys are glad. I'm not the person I used to be. Amen, right? Amen. Okay? Because I wouldn't be on a billboard. I would be at the post office. <laughs> you know the most wanted list? That's for I'm glad I'm not that guy, but I'm also so aware I'm not where I need to be yet. There's more, there's more. More character, more depth, more fruit, more godliness. I need more, I'm saved by grace, not through works that anyone should boast. I'm on the J train, I got my rapture pants on. I'm going to heaven, woo, it's a done deal. But until then, I'm being sanctified. I'm being sanctified the Lord says, hey, before we go in, let's sit down a while. Make Flintstones for yourself. You mean like Flintstone vitamins? No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> make knives sharp knives super sharp by the way and what god wants to do in them is important that we would embrace in our own lives most of us get this because god's always working on us even more than he's working through us if you figured this out especially ministry leaders god is working on us more than he's working through us I'm so grateful to be worked through from time to time. God uses me. It's, it's amazing. But more often, God's working in me so that he can continue to work through me. It's the only way, the only way to stay hot, to stay fresh, to stay sharp. And he wants us to lean into the things of God. And the way that we're going to do that, especially as we emulate and exemplify the spirit-filled life, is dealing with the flesh. Because it's not always a problem of needing more God in my life. Sometimes it's a problem of having too much of you. John the baptizer put it this way when he baptized his younger cousin Jesus. See, he was older. John the baptizer was actually more prominent. They had an age kind of caste system in that day. But John the baptizer knew that Jesus was superior to him. And he said this, he must increase and I must decrease. John 3.30. John the Baptist said, hey man, this guy, put this guy up John the Baptist was on the mission He had a whole ministry, he had a whole following Jesus comes on, he's like, whoop, it's all about him, not me He's got to be elevated, I've got to be lowered The same needs to be true in our own hearts And this can be offensive Someone says, hey, you're prideful You're mean, you're unloving, you're selfish You're insensitive, you're unholy All these other things need to come out in our life I'm a Christian though God says, yeah, I know you are. You are for sure. But you got areas, rough edges that need to be carved off, that need to be sanded down. And God commits to doing this in us in order that he would then commit to using us and taking us further. Now, can you imagine Joshua coming to his guys? All right, guys, all the kings are afraid of us. We're about to take the land. But before we do that, let's all have a seat. Let's all make some... Flintstones real sharp stones and can you what would the questions be going through the guy's minds like What what'd you say you know like voices are changing And The problem is is that most of us don't want to be messed with We just don't There's a real change in your character development when you invite people into your inner circle and say hey can you watch my six Can you watch my blind spots I don't know what I'm doing I think I'm doing I'm self-deceived Don't anybody raise your hand if you're self-deceived Keep your hand down if you're self-deceived. Good, everyone. You're like, what's self-deceived mean? That's you. You're self-deceived. We think we're good. We think we're better than we are. And this is why it's hard to join a Forrest More group because you're going to have to open up yourself and say, hey, man, what do I need to grow? And they're like, oh, glad you asked. And the file cabinet comes out, you know. Or the count of, it's hard. And this idea of circumcision is really an issue of the heart. And the heart of every issue, you guys have learned this before, the heart of every issue is an issue of your heart. It just is. What's going on in your marriage? What's going on in your singleness? What's going on in your throne right now of your your heart? is an issue of your heart. And here's the problem, is you can't change your heart. You can change your mind. But God won't change your mind, but he will change your heart. And if you change your mind, God, and only God alone, can change your heart. It's a heart issue. Now, let me again reiterate that. You need the Lord to do surgery on your heart. Look at verse three. I'm encouraged. I already read it to you. It says, so Joshua made flint knives for himself and circumcised the sons of Israel at the hill of the four skins. I'm so glad that he actually did it. Could you see this would be a great time to compromise what the Lord asks you to do? All right, guys, God wants us to tighten up. He wants us to clean up. He wants us to get straight and fix everything. You all ready? Go. And they don't do anything. But instead he says, no, this is going to actually hurt. This is actually going to require some exposure. This is going to require some vulnerability. This is going to require a process. And any of you who've been through counseling or you've been through kind of a reconstructive time in your life, you know that you got to be vulnerable. you got to let the Lord in there. You ever been to the doctor's office before and they put you that gown on you that doesn't work as clothing? It's all broken, you know, it's all loose. And it's like, that's on purpose, man, so the doctor can do what he's got to do. And so, too, the Lord wants to get into our hearts and he wants to minister to us. But this is difficult the joy of the Lord. And what happens sometimes is I'll counsel with a couple or a person. Say, in order to move forward, you have to do these things. And they say, I don't want to do those things. I don't want to repent. You ever been there before? I don't want to repent. Well, if you don't repent, if you don't do it, it's not going to work for you. You got to forgive that person. I'm not ready to forgive that person. I understand. You're not ready. These guys were given stones. We're going to go circumcise. All the warriors, of, all the men, all the older guys... How easy would it have been to say, I don't want to do that. (laughs) I don't want to do that. I'm good. I'm across the Jordan. Leave me alone. Right? And when you read God's word, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Have you read this book before? This book is designed to cut you. It is. It's designed to change you. If this book hasn't offended you yet, you're reading it wrong. People say the Bible's offensive. I'm like, duh. Duh. Keep reading. It's awesome. Get after it. And it's supposed to change you, but people, myself included, we resist this at times. And when the doctor says what we're supposed to do, we're supposed to do it. One time I went to this chiropractor in Ashland and I was, had really bad back problems at the time. And, and he adjusted me and examined me and he was putting me all back together. He said, All right, so just take it easy. I was like, Well, I'm going snowboarding right now. <laughs> and he's like, Okay, well, just keep your board on the snow. I said, No. He said, well, just don't, don't do jumps any bigger than 18 inches. And I started laughing. I was like, <laughs> you know, I was kind of a big snowboard. I was doing 18 footers, you know. So I went to this you know, mountain and did what I wanted to do. We don't listen all the time. We pay the consequences. We pay the price. And yet these guys, they did it. They did exactly what God had asked them to do. Look at verse four. And this is the reason, because we have questions why Joshua circumcised them. Let's read these verses now and see what they were dealing with. He says, all the peoples who came out of Egypt who were males, all the men of war, they had died in the wilderness on the way. And after they had come out of Egypt, for all the people who came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness, that's this new generation, on the way as they came out of Egypt had not been circumcised. Verse six, for the children of Israel walked for 40 years in the wilderness to all the people who were men of war who came out of Egypt were consumed because they did not obey the voice of the Lord to whom the Lord swore that he would not show them the land which the Lord had sworn to their fathers and that he would give a land flowing with milk and honey and then Joshua circumcised their sons whom he raised up in their place for they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way and so it was verse 8 when they had finished circumcising all the people that they stayed in their places in the camp until they were healed I like the story he's writing his journal he's like remember before we took out Jericho and the guy's like yeah I'll never forget bro you remember? And they wrote it down. I don't know how many of you guys are journaling right now. I haven't started yet. I'm not a very good journaler, but I've been thinking recently about the church and my own life and what's going on. And I think the Lord, even through the memorial stones teaching last week, said, hey, write down some of these things. I'm doing miracles in your midst every single day. And you need to know that in the challenges, there's a miracle right around the corner. I think it was Saturday. We'll call it Friday, actually. Friday, we were working up on the hill. And when I say we were working, I was standing around watching trees fall like a little kid and a candy were like, ah, you know. And at one point, one of the excavators broke. It just stopped working. And these are professional, you know, excavator operators. And they, know, it's like, yep, it's broke. Nothing, can't fix it, you know. It's got gas. We don't know what's wrong with it. I I just said this prayer. Lord, would you make it an easy fix? Would you just please make it an easy fix? In Jesus' name, amen. And the other operator jumped in and pushed some buttons. And he said, hey, it's out of fuel. (laughs) Which I'm, you know, it's like, it can't be. He's like, it is. And I threw some fuel in and it worked again. It was just one of those things, and I prayed, the day before I prayed, Lord, we need excavators. We don't have any excavators. And I finally put some feelers out there all over Lincoln County and called as many friends as I knew. And, and Stan Shones had one at Siletz and he trucked it in, dropped it off, left the keys and took off. And Abe Sylvanin from Eager Beaver trucked his in in his dump truck and said, use my equipment. I'll need it back on Monday, but it's all yours, man. Use it. And when you write these things down, when you understand, so he's writing this down saying, guys, this all happened for a reason. The men of war, the ones who were delivered out of Egypt, they're dead now. 40 years. They were circumcised, but they died. And he tells us in verse 6, he says, you know why they died? Listen, this is kind of an application point I don't want to miss. He said they died because they didn't believe the word of God or obey the word of God. Oopsie. They weren't allowed into the promised land. These were the original spies in that generation. They heard God's word, and they didn't believe. They didn't obey. You might believe, but not obey. That also doesn't count. You must believe and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way. And you can say you trust, but it'll be evidence in your obedience. And so this group of people died. And while they were, just so you guys know theologically what's going on here, for 40 years, the number of 40 is the number of judgment. It's also the number of days that they were in spying the land for 40 days. And they came out with a bad report. Two guys had a good report. Their names were... Joshua and Caleb. They said, this is great. God's got us. Let's go. Ten guys said, nah, that's pretty crazy, pretty crazy. They then lived their lives until they died. And in 40 years, though, listen, this is the good news. In 40 years in the wilderness, God was raising up another generation. Another generation of men and women and a family of God that would have faith, that would hear God's word and obey God's principles. And yet they found themselves crossing the Jordan. And for whatever reason in the wilderness, that next generation, they hadn't been circumcised. They hadn't done that one thing well, There's a bunch of things But that one thing And I understand why they didn't do it maybe But they didn't do that one thing that God told them to do To their babies, to their eight day old sons It was all prescribed back in the book of Genesis Abraham was given a token God says hey you know what You're going to be different Abraham And Abraham must have said how so boss Drop your drawers Abe <laughs> What? You know Read it can you imagine if God said, I want to use you, and I want to take you places, I want to meet you, and you're going to be, and he gives him a token. Wouldn't that have been, you know, what do you guys want, a hoodie, a hat, some token, you know, some badge you pull out? And he's like, no, it's going to be deeper than nah. <laughs> Circumcision. And the people of those days would have made fun of Abraham and his clan. They would have said, this is weird. What's wrong with you? Just like in Christianity, when we do things that we do, people, they don't understand. They don't get it. They don't realize what God is doing. Now, why didn't they? circumcise their kids in the wilderness? Why is it now happening? I I don't know. Maybe the wilderness was a tough time for them. We all could agree. Maybe it was inconvenient to do the things that they knew they were supposed to do. Have you ever found a season in your life where you know you're supposed to be doing these things spiritually? It's just inconvenient. This is like right now, you know, it's inconvenient. Maybe it's unpopular. Maybe you're too busy. These are all problems that every generation has. When God says, this is what we do, you say, well, that's not convenient. It's not convenient. I, I still know people you're watching at home online and I, I get it. There's very, there are a lot of reasons for that, complications. It's, just, it's more convenient to just stay at home. It's, more, more, it's inconvenient to, to come out. It's inconvenient to do the things of God. It's inconvenient. Maybe you're given of your tithe and offering throughout the year and you see inflation going up. You're like, oh man, I just don't know if I can do that. And it's not really, I gotta, I gotta cut back my, my disciplines. I don't know why they did it. Or should I say, didn't do it. But now God is saying, hey, my ways are true. I'm calling you on it. Forty years later, it's time now. Wouldn't it have been better if they were circumcised at eight days old? Amen. Someone say amen louder than that. Amen. You know what I'm saying? But they hadn't. And again, this this happens. You know, it's interesting. In the Old Testament, there's this story where uh, Moses... And he was a follower of Abraham and after Abraham and, and Moses was leading the children of Israel. And it's in the book of Exodus and the Bible says he's about to take the children of Israel out of Egypt, but his son's not circumcised either for some reason. And so the Bible says that, it's such a weird story, one of those stories you don't tell your kids at night. Here's the story though. The Bible says that God grabs Moses and tries to kill him. And so Zipporah comes running up, grabs her son, circumcises him, takes the foreskin and throws it at Moses. I mean, this is one of those like reenactments you never see on TV. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no claymation for this. There's no holiday depiction. No verses are quoted. (laughs) And this happens and God relents. And you got to ask yourself, Moses, what are you doing? How come your kid wasn't circumcised? You're Momo, man. You know the deal. And for, we don't know the reason. We all get out of balance, we all forget, we all let things grow over, we all let things desensitize, we don't take care of the issues in our life. Every single one of us is guilty. God's so faithful though. Can you figure this out with me? He's so faithful, and this is a word both of encouragement and warning, okay? You can't deceive the Lord. He will have his way. You can't negotiate with the Lord. Well, I'm just gonna do it my way and hope for the best. What? He knows where you live. What are you doing? He know, and he loves you too much. He knows every single thing. And this is, again, a warning for those of us who are struggling with any area of our flesh where we're just kind of hoping the Lord doesn't see this and doesn't get it. He does. And before he takes you deeper, before he takes you further, he wants to do a work in you every single time. Now that can only for you maybe cause your blood pressure to go up and oh my gosh, oh my gosh, just be a warning. It's an encouragement because God loves you too much. He loves you just the way you are but he loves you too much to let you stay that way. Every single area of your flesh because he knows that sin and the wages of sin is death. Sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you're willing to stay and cost you more than you're prepared to pay every single time. It'll rip you off every single time. When am I going to learn this? When are you going to learn this? When are we going to learn this? Praise God for His grace and His faithfulness. Well, He intervenes on behalf. And I like at verse eight, It says that they hang out until they heal. There is a season of healing and a season of being put back together, restoration, possibly, in the life of the believer. I want you guys to see these next three things that happen. In chapter five, there's four things. Number one is circumcision they deal with the flesh they deal with this outside kind of picture of the flesh that keeps them back from moving forward now there are a couple of physiological things that i'll just put out there as far as circumcision are concerned we still mostly circumcise our newborn sons i say mostly because not everyone does it's optional you don't have to do this there's reasons medically that can be debated Reasons for cleanliness and sensitivity issues. And I'll just leave it at that. If you have any questions, pastortobias at gmail.com. Just email him. He loves. That's not even a real email address. Just so you guys know. But do it. Do it. I, I, I did consider six spiritual parallels to consider with circumcision that I want you to consider for your spirituality. Number one is that, that idea of cleanliness and holiness. Okay, there has to be a dealing of the flesh when it comes to walking with the Lord. If you want to stay soft towards him and available to him, we all need to pursue holiness and cleanliness. It's just the way it is. You got, to, you got to deal with that stuff every single time. As a matter of fact, there's a verse in Hebrews. Please just note this. Hebrews twelve fourteen says it this way. It says, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Man, if you're an evangelist like me, if you really care about other people, you don't just care about yourself, but you care about other people, your holiness matters. Other people won't see Jesus unless there's a difference in you. Number two, not just cleanliness, but sensitivity. We talked about that just a minute ago. and We find that it's easy to grow insensitive to the things of God. You have to constantly be cutting back the things of the flesh, removing those things that get in the way you got to stay close to the Lord and in tune with him. Number three, this is interesting, it was a token to Abraham that he belonged to God. It was that way other people would know that he was different. Did you know that you're different too? That you act different, you react different. We spend so much of our time trying to fit in with the world. So much time trying to be accepted by the world. Careful, careful. You're on purpose different. You're living for a different world, a different destination. Number four, this was personal, okay? It was yours. I can't be circumcised for you. My circumcision has nothing to do with you. So to your salvation and sanctification, that's on you. A lot of people try and ride the coattails of churches and pastors and authors and ministries, okay? There is no benefit. If you go to heaven and say, I went to South Beach Church, that's not gonna count. (laughs) I knew Luke Frechette. We were friends. Not gonna count. I did this, I did that. It's yours, just like mine. And I can't say that I did this and I was part of that group. It's personal. Two more, we're gonna move on and see two more things. Number uh, five, that it's something that would be reminded to you daily. This would be something you'd be familiar with. Sometimes Christianity becomes this like Sunday event, you know, or maybe you see the CEOs in your community, the Christmas and Easter only Christians. The CEO. Listen, this would be something you would be aware of every single day of your life, so too Christianity. And number six, we also see this directly connected to the reproductive units of our faith that God wants to use us to produce life in other people. This is such a weird portion of Scripture, and all this is happening. And does anybody else have any questions on circumcision? Okay, good, moving on. So we're just going to move on. I want you to see three things that happen now after this. And we're out of time, but I'm going to take the time, and I want you guys to see this. We'll pick up back here next week. It says, verse 9, Then the Lord said to Joshua, This day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you, Therefore the name of the place is called Gilgal to this day Gilgal literally means a rolling away a doing away Now the children of Israel camped at Gilgal and they kept the passover on the 14th day of the month at twilight on the plains of Jericho and they ate of the produce of the land of the on the day after the Passover, unleavened bread and parched grain on the very same day. Then the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land and the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. Stop, right their eyes up here. This is all we're gonna get. We're gonna have to save the rest for next week. As soon as they dealt with the flesh, they rested, they healed, they got back after it. And then it says they celebrated the Passover. The Passover was a celebration. We call it Easter. We also call it even more commonly communion, where they came to the Lord and they remembered what he had done. There is debate whether they had celebrated the Passover in the last 40 years in the wilderness or not. We know that they didn't circumcise their kids. We know that there was a lack of spirituality in the wilderness. Some debate, no, no, they were commanded to do the Passover every year, but it's not recorded. They celebrated once when they got saved out of Egypt, but never again until now. Until what? So they dealt with some flesh. And instantly they come back to fellowship with the Lord. They come back to the table of communion. They come back to remembering Jesus. We do this every single Sunday. Listen, whether you want to or not. We do this every single Sunday, whether I want to or not. Because every single Sunday, and even more, I need to, amen? Because the flesh gets in the way, the stuff and if the flesh gets in the way too much, and if too much builds up, have you noticed that the more you let your flesh grow, the more you let your flesh build, listen, the less enticed you are by the things of God, the less interested you are in prayer and in communion and in serving and in worship. I mean, have you noticed this? And so God says, hey, deal with the flesh, man. Otherwise, you're not going to be prone to pray. And somebody comes to you, says, so will you pray for me? Oh, pray, 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 pray. oh you know you're not into that stuff, because you let something grow over your heart and everything gets weird. We also see, we'll talk about this next week because I'm out of time, that they break bread and they begin to then enjoy grains in Canaan, the promised land. And the next day, the manna stops. God had been spoon feeding them their whole journey in the wilderness. Here's a little bit, here's a little bit, here's the promises, here's what I told you. Now what? Now you're gonna grow up. Now you're going to grow up in the things of God yourself. You have to go deeper. You have to make your own food. There's a time in our life where it's fun to listen to pastors teach and God blesses our gatherings. There's a time where it's fun to listen to podcasts, fun to read books. Can I just encourage you, if you want to get things rolling again, like it is here at Gilgal, if you want to get rolling in the things of the Spirit, there needs to be a cutting away of the flesh. There needs to be a celebrating of the Lord's Supper. Listen, and there needs to be a digging into the things of God's Word. This is the only way around it. Now what we're going to see next, I wish we had time, I'm going to tell you what it is, we'll study it next week Is that the commander of the Lord's army shows up And he looks at Joshua Joshua looks at him Joshua says, are you for us or against us? He says, no I'm the commander of the Lord's army Take off your shoes, this is holy ground And it's Jesus, Jesus Christ It's an Old Testament Christophany Where Jesus shows up to the men and women of the Old Testament As the commander of the Lord's army. When did he show up? When they dealt with the flesh. When did he show up? When they celebrated the Passover. When did he show up? When they began to dig into the word and the things of God. Can I just encourage you guys and gals right now. Here's the takeaway for today's time. Let's not let the things of the flesh build up in our lives. Let's just not do it. Let's not do it. There needs to be ways and seasons in your life where there's confession of sin. Where there's repentance of sin. Let me give you the three ingredients of confession of sin and repentance before I let you go, okay? There's got to be confession. You got to confess it. Isn't it just easier just to kind of like stuff it, delete it, move it around, pretend it never happened? Ha, 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 Confess it. Confess it. And then there needs to be contrition, okay? Sometimes it's easy just to confess something and not feel bad about it. That's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Everyone's doing it. That's not a big deal. Better than I used to be. Better than I used to be. Better than I used to be. I could be worse. I could be worse. You ever use these excuses? It's the opposite of contrition. Confession, contrition. And the third one is change. Now this takes time. It takes repetition sometimes. Don't ever quit. Don't ever quit slaying the flesh, okay? Don't ever quit. Because if you've ever gardened, get the weeds out, get the fruit in, that's it, we're done. No, you just begun. Maintenance, furtherance, plowing, sowing, reaping. Let's pray. Father in Jesus' name, we thank you that you indeed are for us And Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus. At the end of this chapter, we didn't have time for it today, but at the end of this chapter, Jesus shows up. And he says, take your shoes off. It reminds me, Lord, of John 13, where Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. And so too, Jesus, would you have your way in our hearts? Maybe you're here this morning, you're saying to yourself, oh, I'm so grateful for Jesus. I'm so grateful for the promised land. I'm so grateful for the spirit. I have challenges in my own life, but I know God's for me. You know what my biggest challenge is though? It's me. It's me. The neighbors aren't my problem. The city's not my problem. It's just not. Finances aren't my problem. It's not. Health and all these issues. Economy. It's not the problem. I am the problem. The heart of every issue is an issue of my heart. So Jesus, would you circumcise my heart? Would you soften my heart? I confess my sins Lord, and I repent and ask that you would change me and save me. Would you do that this day? Would we have a congregation that goes in that same manner forward every day for the rest of our lives? Holy Spirit, would you anoint us? Maybe you're here this morning. Let me give one option for you to respond. Maybe you need the Lord to set you free, to deliver you. Maybe there's an area that needs to be cut back and thrown away that you might walk in liberty. If that's you, if you need the Lord to forgive you, if you need the Lord to restore you, you need a season of rest so you can go and take the land, would you just raise up your hand right now if you need surgery of the Lord, whatever that means for you, you just need the Lord to soften your heart, to do away with the stuff. Lord, my hand is up to, would you have surgery on me? Lord, would you do it in Jesus' name? I repent, in Jesus' name. Make me different. Change me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the word, Lord. Thank you for the manna that was given freely, but for the word, Lord, that we gotta mine out and dig into. Forgive us of our sins. Anoint us with your Holy Spirit. Lead us, Lord, for your glory and for others' good. We pray all these prayers in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen and amen. God bless you guys. We almost got through chapter five. We almost did it. Didn't happen. Watched too many videos. Hey, be encouraged. Let the Lord work in you. Come back at one o'clock today. Stack chairs with us. Go get the Christmas decorations. Go up to the hill right now. Take the lower road, not the upper road. Go see what God's doing up on the land. Help us out with the day before Thanksgiving meal as well. Talk to Sherry Flynn, Joe and Arla Frechette in the back. I love you. God bless you. You're dismissed.